landing on Dathomir, Castian finds himself not only facing old fears, but old enemies as well. Castian, the last thing you remember is seeing this cliff face coming towards your escape pod. And then you remember maybe the sound of crashing, but you don't know how long ago that was. Castian's eyes snap open, either the crack of lightning waking him up or maybe a howl in distance, but he sits up, kind of jerks forward, only to be caught on his harness and be pulled back. He takes a deep breath before he starts feeling his body for any signs of injury. You've got some bumps and bruises, a couple of scratches, but nothing significant. Oh, well, I made it. I made it. Castian says as he unbuckles the harness and pushes himself up. He doesn't even have to open the door to the escape pod because there's a nice chunk of the escape pod missing. So instead of opening the door, he looks towards it and then just sidesteps around it onto Dathomir. You look around for a minute because you realize you brought stuff with you. Why don't you give me a perception roll? This will be average. Uh, One success, but two threats. Okay. You find the pack that you had with you, but what high-value thing is broken? When Castian packed this bag, he threw in a lot of the survival basics. Definitely rations, definitely water purifier, water, camo clothing, things like that. He also threw in some more dangerous weapons, things that he doesn't usually use on bounties because it would kill them. And one is a really high-powered blaster rifle and it is just split down the middle, like someone broke it over their knee. Castian looks at it, sighs, and then just drops both halves onto the ground before picking up the pack and throwing it over his shoulder. Now you've crashed in the mountains of Dathomir. The wind is fierce and whips around you. Your hair had been tied back, but whether it was the crash or this incredible wind, your tie has been ripped out, so your hair is whipping around your face. There's shrieks that you are hearing as the wind cuts through these narrow mountain passes. Above you, the sky is roiling with clouds, most with a a reddish or purple tint from the, the red star at the center of this system. Lightning pierces and jumps between clouds occasionally. And you honestly don't know the ecosystem of Dathomir. This could just be a day on Dathomir, or it could be a harbinger of, of more fierce weather to come. Castian looks around, frowns, and then seeing that it's thundering and lightning already, so it's probably going to be able to mask his voice, he just looks up at the sky and howls, I'm here, Madonin! Spins around and then just lets out a heavy sigh. Thanks, Madonin. Your guidance is impeccable as always. And with that, Castian's going to try to find some shelter. This is a heavy storm. This is a mountain. There has to be some sort of caves. My survival training that I remember from Tremaine taught me that if you're in bad weather, try to find shelter and bunker down. Hopefully this is just bad weather, not a permanent weather pattern on Dathomir. Sounds like a good excuse to bring out the survival skill. I'll make this average. One success, one threat. You are in the mountains. You know that there are nooks and crannies and crevices. So you are able to find not a cave, really. It's like an indentation in the wall. 
so I throw up the survival tent, wrestling with it occasionally when a bit of it catches the wind and tries to fly off, and he's like, no, no, you damn piece of parcel. He throws it down, starts hammering it into the soil. Once again, it tries to fly up, and he catches it with the force and like pushes it down and says, you stay down. I've had bounties who fought less than you, and before finally getting his tent securely fastened to the soil and rock. Before you manage to dive in, I would like you to roll me vigilance. Two successes and five advantages. Wow, that is an impressive amount of advantages, but does not supersede the number of successes that somebody else rolled. So as you've finally gotten your tent nailed down against this rock face and you're about to seek some kind of shelter, you feel something whiff right past your head. This is not the wind blowing. I instinctively duck. I'm turning around to look behind me to see if it was a thrown weapon. It was not a thrown weapon. It was a staff, a long, ornately carved stick wielded by a young woman with olive skin and short braided hair. Her shoulders are heavily scarred, and she's winding up to try to take another aim at you with her staff. But it is your turn. Doing a force push. Castian is falling back, and he's ripping his tent out from the ground, and it slams right into her. All right. So I need to generate a force point, and this is a discipline check. Is that correct? Yes. One purple and a setback die. Good. Good. I got a dark side point. Three successes, but one threat. So the tent hits her full in the face, kind of wrapping around her in this whipping wind, plus with the the force behind it. So she stumbles back several steps. Ha! And Castianet, just as you let out that laugh, you realize that something is wrapped around your ankle and it is the tent cord. Oh no! And you are pulled with her. So the two of you land in a heap on top of each other. (laughs) Okay, great. So you've landed in a a tangle on top of each other, and she manages to rip the tent off of her, and she reaches out and she grabs your arm. And we're going to say that it is the injured arm, the arm where your hand has been disintegrating, for lack of a better term. And she is going to use the force power Unleash. Oh, no. Which just straight up deals damage. It is going to deal five wounds. Can't be soaked? It can be soaked. How wrapped up am I in this tent? It was one threat, so not very. Casting's going to push himself off away from her because that hurt. And as she stands up with the staff in her hand, he's looking at her staff and he's going to use Hurl to make it slam into her face. Okay. Yep. Again, a dark side point. Perfect. Uh, three successes, one triumph. All right, how would you like to spend that triumph? Do you want to do more damage with it, or do you want it to be a critical hit? Critical hit. Roll me a d100. 62. All right, so she is slightly dazed, and we'll have a setback die to her skill checks. So yes, you've thwapped her upside the head, which does not amuse this young woman. She spits out a word that is obviously some kind of curse. It's in a language you don't know. And she has stood up and is obviously a bit stunned and dazed by that hit from her own staff. But she plants her staff on the ground 
and then just holds her hand out towards you, and you feel yourself being lifted by the force. <laughs> oh. She's not joking. She's not unleashing on you. But for right now, you are being held in place just about a foot off the ground. Gastian's pulling out the blaster, and he is using stun setting on her. Okay. Uh, two successes, but one threat. So what's the damage? So seven damage. So she takes six strain. So with you bound up in the air, she reaches into a pouch on her belt and pulls out a handful of some kind of powder, and she blows it. And despite this howling wind, this powder goes directly into your face. Give me a discipline roll, please. Uh, difficulty is four purple. Okay, two failures. One advantage. The advantage is that you don't get a concussion when she drops you. I will take it. So Castian falls onto his knees, blinking as he feels that darkness start swirling around his vision. And he looks up and sees this woman just walking towards him. Witch! And then his eyes roll in the back of his head and he falls forward. When you wake up, the wind is still howling, lightning is still flashing, but you are enclosed. You're no longer outside facing the elements. You feel hard stone under your back, kind of smell the dampness of being in a cave again. Oh, this is oddly familiar. Brings me back to my childhood. Castian mumbles as he sits up or tries to sit up. Your hands are bound in front of you, but it is almost insultingly simplistic. It's like they tied vines around your wrists, barely even with a strong knot. Well, with that in mind, Castian's going to get rid of this, the frail vines around his wrist. As you start to pull, you do notice that there are thorns. Ah, okay. Okay, clever. Clever girl. And Castian's looking around. Yes, they, uh, that is... One thing they have going for them. Castian, you immediately recognize the voice. Your eyes haven't adjusted to the darkness of this cave yet, but that is the voice of Knight Jalar Kita. What? Castian whips around, not even caring for a second that he is bound and he can't see, and he just snarls, Where are you? Right in front of you. And he steps forward and you can see him in the, the dim light now. Your eyes have adjusted enough. Kita. Hello, boy. Don't call me boy. Is this your doing? He holds up his wrists, which are bound similarly. If this were my doing, would I really be in enclosed space with you? No, but I am grateful for this opportunity. And Castian's attacking. This is the man who sold him into slavery. Okay, let's roll cool. One success, two advantages. One success, one advantage. So you get to go first. You have no weapons on you. Oh, yeah. I got thorns, though. So Castian's slamming both his bound hands into Kita's face. All right, give me a brawl check. Can I have a boost dice because I'm hitting him with my thorns? Yes, but you're also going to have a setback die for his own hardiness. Great. Average hard. Average. One success, two advantages. Four damage straight to his face. So he has to soak two, and an armed attack has disorient one, so he'll have a setback die for one round. Great. As he kind of reels back, 
he was expecting a fight, but didn't expect you to be quite that fast. And he takes a swing at you and misses. Castian dodges out of the way of his attack before throwing his elbow into the man's stomach and growling, I hate you. Five successes, two threats. I do 10 damage, so he soaks two, so eight damage. He bends over, coughs a bit, the wind knocked out of him, but that puts him in the perfect position to headbutt you with his horns. (sighs) Okay. So that's going to be his declaration of intent, and I'm going to give him one boost die because of your threats, and one boost die because he has horns. And that's going to be three successes for him, so a total of five damage to you. Wounds or stun? It's stun damage. Castian gets clonked in the face, and he stumbles back and falls to his knees. Not quite unconscious, but he's done fighting. Mm-hmm. Like He threw everything he had into the fight, but Kida clearly has won this one. And Castian snarls, blood dribbling down his face. And you hear voices outside. Women's voices as several women come into the cave. They're all dressed very similarly to the woman that confronted you on the cliff face. They're dressed in hides and skins and furs. They all have their hair pulled back in braids, decorated with various bones and beads and feathers. Many of them have signs of animal attacks, signs of weapons, bladed weapons, especially those type of scars on their their arms, and very weathered skin. These are women that face the elements on a daily basis and survive. Castian climbs to his feet. He's standing only by adrenaline and hatred for Kida alone. Nothing else. And the women are shouting at the two of you. Two of them grab Kida and pull him farther back into the cave. And the woman that you fought on the cliff face, she is suddenly by your side and she is hooking her arm under yours and pulling you along. Don't you hide him from me. I'm here to kill him. He's mine. And you are mine. I am not your prisoner. I am nobody's prisoner. She doesn't deign to give that a response because you are her prisoner for all intents and purposes right now. Castian is at zero strain. He is lucky he's talking. So she drags you out of the cave. Outside of the cave, you see a village, for lack of a better term. It is very obviously a simple village. These people live a very simple way of life. They have roughly constructed huts. You see that there is very, a very obvious communal area in the center where a very large fire has been constructed. The smoke swirls much like the clouds above do in a variety of colors. This isn't just your normal black or white smoke. This is smoke shot through with red and blue and purple. You see that while the women are wearing the hides and the furs, the men are wearing very rough clothing of cloth, sometimes barely covering them. They walk with kind of a a stooped posture and you see them doing things like mending and repair work. Castian gets a clear picture of what this is. And then he kind of understands what that woman said when she said, you are mine. And he tries to fight back, but again, zero strain. 
and it mostly comes out as a whimper. As, no, 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 I'm not a slave. I'm not a slave anymore. No, 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 no. And he's trying to dig his heels in as if that's going to keep him away from the slave collar. Be silent as we await the clan mother. I don't care. I'm not a slave. I am not a slave. I'm not a slave. You are going to shut your mouth. Castian tries to call on the force. He's desperate. You try to call on the force to do something, anything in your desperation, and she kicks the back of your knee, forcing you to the ground. He lands on his knees, and now he's frozen in terror. And it's a terror that he thought he would never experience again. Even when he was fighting Tremaine, even when he was facing off with feral younglings, he never felt this scared in his life. And it reminds him so much of when he first got sold to the huts. The woman stands next to you. She once again has her staff in hand and she's standing at attention as she waits for the women to come back out of the cave, to come out of the various houses. Everyone seems to be assembling in this central area. The last person to join them is a older woman, middle-aged. She has dark hair that she keeps back in two braids, but it is shot through with a little bit of silver. Her skin is very weathered. As I said, these are women that face the elements and survive. And she's wearing an elaborate headdress encircling her head and trailing down over both shoulders. And the woman that is standing next to you begins to speak. She says a couple of phrases in what you assume is that same language you heard her cursing in earlier. And then she concludes by saying, I, Mylani Kroho, daughter of Rita, descendant of Alia, declare today I am ready to join my sisters as a grown member of the Howling Crag clan. Behold, for I have captured a runaway slave as my mate. So Castian kind of turns his head, looks at her as she says mate, and then looks back towards the older woman. I decline, no. No, I am not marrying a, 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 a night sister. And everybody recoils as you drop the night sister word. And the older woman, she approaches you. And even though she is older, she walks with an obvious grace and power about her. And she leans down, getting in your face. And she grabs your chin. And she pries open your mouth, inspecting your teeth. You can bite at her, but she's she's obviously done this before, and this has been done to you before. Cassian sniffs at her, but like you said, she's a professional. Mm -hmm. She's done this before. I'm sure he doesn't get much glove. And after inspecting your teeth, she does tilt your head a little bit and notices the scarring that you have around your neck from the slave collars that you have worn growing up. Yes. Yes, it seems you have found a fine specimen, Malani. However, there is a illness deep within him. An illness in me. You condone slavery. You are the sick ones, all of you. Yeah, you talking totally doesn't even phase her. And she stands up to speak to Milani in again in the language that you don't understand. So you are left out of the loop. But you can tell that whatever this woman is saying to Mylani, Mylani doesn't like hearing it. Castian's flickering his eyes around. He's looking for a blade. 
an unattended blade, even if it's just like to cut the meat. Mm-hmm. Give me a perception roll. This is average. Three successes, one threat. You see that there are several blades. Many of these women are heavily armed. There is a highly ornate blade hanging on this older woman's belt. It looks mostly ceremonial. Yes, it could do some damage, but it's not the most efficient blade. Plus, she seems like an intimidating woman. You see one of the men is sharpening a blade maybe 10, 15 feet away from you. I can't escape with zero strain, but what I'm going to try to do is get a blade for later so I can cut my way out. So I don't want anybody to know that I steal a blade. So I'm looking to see if that man is sharpening blades and not just blade. Yes. Castian's going to try to use the force, flick it towards him and catch it behind his back while these two women are arguing. Okay. So I'm going to say that your move check, rather than being disciplined this time, is actually going to be a stealth check. This is average. Two failures, but two advantages. So the man has a hide laid out that has several blades of different sizes all laid out. So you, with the force, reach out and grab one of the smaller blades. You're not looking to sword fight somebody. You just want something for a little bit of protection. And as it is kind of sliding along the ground, the woman who had been dressing down Milani a bit, the movement catches to the corner of her eye. She looks over and she just steps on the blade. And then she looks at you and she's furious. I give her a defiant look. Castian's never going to lower his gaze ever again to anybody. Mailani, what do you know of this runaway slave? And Mailani blinks for a moment. This was happening behind her, so she doesn't understand what's happening. I found him in the mountains. He was ill-prepared for the elements. We fought. He was adequate, which only excited me more as the potential for bringing a strong mate home to the clan. The woman just continues to look at Mailani, a very expectant look on her face, until Mailani finally drops her gaze a little bit. And he did seem to have a certain power within him as well, which also just made him a more attractive mate. The woman frowns. Yes, this is true. It also explains, perhaps, why his illness has not killed him. Mailani, you may keep him. For one week. If he is not better by then, we have no use for this one. And she storms away. Castian just glares at her as she walks away before she enters a hut or goes around a corner and then his anger turns towards Milani. She reaches down and grabs your arm, very roughly pulling you to your feet, and she gets in your face. She's about a foot shorter than you, but she carries herself as someone who's much taller, and she is obviously a very strong woman as she's able to manhandle you a little bit. So she's kind of on her toes, her chest sticking out as she gets in your face, saying, you will not embarrass me in front of the clan, mother man. I've been a slave since I was a little boy by giant reptiles and wookies that beat me and snarled in my face. I will embarrass you every chance I get as long as I'm collared. So to avoid further embarrassment tonight, I suggest you take me somewhere where no one else can see me because I will fight you and I will humiliate you because I've had an entire lifetime of practice. 
Are you trying to intimidate her? Yeah. Or? Okay. Yeah, just intimidation. So this is versus two red and one purple. One failure and one advantage. So with one failure and one advantage, she's obviously not intimidated. This is a, a woman that has a lot to prove. You caught in her speech that by taking a mate, it's basically the right of adulthood. So there is a lot riding on this for this young woman. So she doesn't back down. In fact, she smirks at you. I will put you back exactly where I think you want to be. And she's dragging you back to the cave where Kita is. Castine will take it. As she's dragging him back, he's going to carefully start padding along his pockets just to see if they left anything in it. And Angela, I'm going to flip one of my destiny points. And they took out everything from his pockets. Yes, they did. But Castian is a drug addict. He likes spice to the point where he has a secret pocket along his inner thigh where he kept that vial of Blue Echo. Absolutely. You've still got that on you. With that evaluation done, he's just following her. Where did you hear that word? What word? She looks around, making sure that there's nobody in too close of earshot, and even then she lowers her voice. Night sister. I hunted one once. I assumed that's what you were. She spits. Never. I come from the stars. Tales of your kind have been completely wiped from our records. Dathomir has been wiped from the records. And it's due because, I suppose, of the involvement with the Clone Wars, the Night Sisters assisted the wrong people. Mylani just shakes her head. Many stories from that time, not all of them can be true. So what are you if you're not Night Sisters? Cassian doesn't even care about the word. He says it kind of relishes the wince that comes with every time he says the word. I am Mylani Kroho, daughter of Rita. Descendant of Alia, member, or soon to be, of the Howling Crag clan. You clearly have the force. What, are you Are you a different knight breed? I am what off-worlders once called a witch of Dathomir. But night sisters corrupt the gift of Alia. We do not. <laughs> okay. Of course, you're the Jedi's of Dathomir. You're in good company. You do keep slaves, so good on you. Castian's just shaking his head, mumbling as he gets escorted into this cave. Of course, of course. Why wouldn't I run into a bunch of Jedi witches? You will stay here. The clan mother may allow the healers to see you. Oh, goody. They'll pat me on the head, won't they, if I be a good slave? Do you know what illness you bear? Castian's on a crossroads. He wants information about this illness because that's what he came here for. But he doesn't want to give them the advantage of knowing anything more about him. But seeing as he came here because of his hand, he grits his teeth and says, I have a darkness inside me. I was injured by a dagger. And now I, Castian, lowers his gaze towards his gloved hands and kind of nods towards it for her to take it off. She does. She pulls off the glove, and as soon as your hand is revealed, she drops the glove and immediately takes several steps back, muttering something under her breath in her native language. What? I'm not going to hold hands? You lie about the Night Sisters. 
I don't lie about anything. I don't know anything about them. I assumed you were the Night Sisters. I have been warned about the lies that come from the tongues of men. This is their doing. What, the Night Sisters did this to me? Don't play coy. Oh, I'm. You have me bound by thorn vines. I'm tired. I'm muddy. I'm cold. I'm not here to lie. You bear the mark of a knight, brother, and you obviously know the other one that we are keeping. Kida? Of course I know him. He's a very bad man. If I were you, I would kill him immediately. He's going to betray you. He's betrayed everyone he's ever known. His own clan was killed by him. Castian's lying. Sure. Yeah, Castian is going to try to feed. If he can't kill Kida, he will use this woman to do it. Go ahead and you get a boost die because she obviously already believes this. Two red, one purple. Two advantage. You should kill him immediately. You can't trust him. We trust no man. He is already slated for sacrifice. Keep that hand covered or so shall you be. Sacrifice? Absolutely. I reach down and grab the glove, put it on. Can I get a front row seat? If you survive the week and the healers are able to treat you if they don't discover the root of this illness, then perhaps. It was a dagger. It clipped my finger. That's all it was. And it wasn't by the Night Sisters. I found it. Someone was keeping it as a keepsake. Why do you lie, boy? He turns to look into the cave. And you see that Kida is sitting there. And now that you're looking at him and don't quite have that bloodlust haze that you had when you first awoke, you can see that he's keeping his right arm very close to his side. And you remember, the right side is where you stabbed him with the same dagger that clipped your arm. How is he looking? He's not as robust as you remember him being. You just see a man who is tired, like somebody that has finished running a marathon or a triathlon, someone who has overexerted themselves. Castian puts it together. <laughs> oh, that's right. You were clipped by the dagger too, weren't you, Kita? And Kita looks at you and his red eyes seem to pierce through the darkness in the same ritual that you were also tested. You can tell he's trying to get you to play along with this story. There is a long pause as Castian considers this. But seeing that he's going to be sacrificed, Castian just looks towards the woman and offers her a thin smile. He's not going to confirm it. He's not going to deny it. He's just going to see how this plays for now. You will stay here for the night. Do not cause trouble. And she leaves. I'm not going to be the little spoon. And Castian turns on his heels, too exhausted to fight, and pretty much just collapses onto that rock slab in front of him and props himself up. You got infected with the blade, didn't you? Did the same thing it did to me. Turned me into an animal. You were already an animal, so I bet it took really nicely. You are speaking of things you do not know. I know plenty. I know that you never saved me. You left me. It's funny, though. You went back for Niana. She was always a pretty young thing. 
Where is she now? Or did you need fuel to get here? Did you sell her? I hear Zoltrons fetch a very nice price. Shut your mouth. Or what? You'll sell me into slavery? He drops his gaze. No, you don't look away from me. And Castian pushes himself forward, falls on his knees, and then rips open the front of his shirt and showing just the many scars. Seven years. Seven years. A ten-year-old boy does not deserve to be enchained for seven years, Kita. And then the Empire saved me. And then I had the chance to bring you in, and again, you messed it up. And I'm now running for my life. You are incapable of making any good in the galaxy, especially for me. So don't you look away from me. Don't you divert your gaze. I am what you made and acknowledge that. And Kida does look back at you. There was not a day that went by that I did not regret what happened to you. Regret doesn't stop me from waking up screaming at night. The only thing I can offer is a way toward the light. <laughs> Castian stands up, turns away, and just walks back to his slab. There is darkness inside you, Castian, Saya, he calls after you as you walk away. That is why the blade's sickness took you so deep and so dark. We both have the darkness inside us, Kida. You're inflicted as much as I am. Damn it, boy, why are you incapable of listening? And Castian turns back around towards him, snapping. Where is Niana? You took her from me. I was going to save her. I was going to bring her to the Empire, and she would have had a purpose. And how did being in the Empire's good graces turn out for you? On the run, again, no one that you can trust, ending up on this cursed planet? Well, I would have gotten her away from you. I would have saved her from you. You talk about there's a darkness inside me. It didn't start there, Kita. This disease didn't bring on the darkness. You did. You are the monster. You have always been the monster, and the only good thing about this disease is it's bringing it to the surface. I can see it in your eyes. You won't be able to hold back much longer. I know rage. I know hate. I know fear. And you are now swimming in it, practically drowning. Castian, I need you to make a hard discipline roll. I actually, I'm going to flip one of these destiny points to upgrade that. So one of those purple dice become a red. Barely passed with a, a one success, but two threats. Castian, as you are yelling at Kida and accusing him of being unable to resist the call of the blade, you can feel that throbbing begin again in your hand, as it is also urging you closer and closer to violence. But you're able to keep it in, in check for the moment. Kida is not able to resist the call, and he is going to leap at you. Castian, like I said, has no fight left to him. So Castian just gets tackled by Kida, and Kida can pummel him, choke him out, whatever. And Castian's just a tired smile as he's seeing what he's always expected. Your vision again 
begins to grow dark as Kida's hands lock around your throat, choking the life out of you. But before you can pass out entirely, the women of the Howling Crag clan once again burst into the cave, physically separating you. The woman that is in charge, you heard Mylani refer to the clan mother, so you can assume that this is the, the clan mother of the Howling Crag clan. She steps in and she's carrying a small basket with her. Kida is, is dragged off of you and you are pulled back up to your knees. She stands in front of both of you. He started it 18 years ago. <laughs> we have no patience for the unreliable temperaments of men. As you two seem so inclined to do each other harm, as you two seem so determined to harm each other, so now shall you feel each other's pain. And she reaches into the basket and she pulls out two worms. She hands one to a woman that is holding down Kida, and she hands one to a woman that is holding you down. The other women grab both of your heads, tilting your heads at an angle. Now get off me, get off me! And the woman puts this wriggly, slimy worm against your ear. No, no, huh? And you can feel it digging through your ear canal into what feels like the deep recesses of your skull. And then the women let you go. Castian stumbles forward, clutching his head. He looks towards Kida. Did they put a worm in his head too? Yes, they did. And as you stand there looking at Kida, Castian, you feel a strength that you haven't felt in weeks, months even. Effectively now, your strain is 12. The clan mother looks at the two of you standing, and then she nods at one of the women who is standing next to Kida, and the woman takes her elbow and just jams it in Kida's stomach. Kida, of course, immediately bends forward coughing, and just a fraction of a second later, you feel like you've been punched in the gut. One strain. <coughs> what the hell? Ugh. Castian falls to his knees, right next to Kida, clutching his stomach. And then he looks up. What did you do to me? What did you do to me? Since the two of you are unable to control your masculine temperament, we have found ways to enforce a more suitable temperament upon you. Castian reaches out and just pinches his skin and twists. And Kida snarls, stop it. No, no, uh, he's about to be sacrificed. What would that do to me? Pray that we do not forget to remove it before the sacrifice takes place. Now, tomorrow, the healers shall attend you. The illness has not taken you yet, so you can suffer for one more night. And she leaves, taking the rest of the women with her, leaving you and Kida alone I always said you were a pain in my side. Now it's literal. And Castian kind of just crawls back and falls against the bedrock. 
Madonin takes me to the nicest places. Don't you speak her name. You have no right to speak the name of fallen Jedi that die because of you. I saved her. I got her out of that prison. I gave her a chance to escape, and instead she threw it away by saving my life. I wouldn't have been here if I didn't see her telling me to come to Dathomir to get cured. You think I knew what Dathomir was? She told me to come here. I think. Kind of blurry, and she, she was technically dead, but she told me to come here. That obviously impresses Kida. If Mudonin sent you, then she has hope for you. She doesn't have hope. She's dead. Dead things don't hope. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fandible Solo Shot Star Wars Force and Destiny. Please follow Solo Shot Podcast and Fandible on Twitter, and please share this episode on social media. You can also leave a review for Fanable on iTunes or your Podchaser of choice to help others find us and enjoy games like this one. You can also find us on Patreon if you want to make a donation to help keep our equipment up and running. But most importantly, always remember, may the Force be with you.